Onward to Victory is proud to team up with WCScreens.com, where you can get custom screen printing and embroidery at wholesale prices. With WCScreens.com, there are no trick plays. They ship nationwide and can save you or your company money. WCScreens.com. And on with the show. For today's episode, we are going to dive into a career still in progress, that of current Irish wide receiver Avery Davis. What's so special about Davis, you may ask? Well, when one thinks of some of the most special team-first guys in recent Notre Dame history, I'll offer Davis, a blue-chip recruit who changed positions for the good of the program enough times to make your head spin. In an era of, let's call it a robust transfer portal, that's just downright admirable. Buckle up those chin straps, Irish fans. This is Onward to Victory. Love that song. That's Joe Rackish, Canute Rockney, and hello, Irish fans, and welcome to Onward to Victory, a Notre Dame football podcast. My name is Alex Painter, and I am the host and creator of this humble enterprise. And thank you so much for joining me here today, wherever it is that you may be joining from. You're here for episode number 52, and I have one that kind of breaks from the mold set by most of the previous 51 episodes in a sense, and I'll explain why in a moment. But first, if you haven't already, hit up episode number 51 about the crew known as the first family of Notre Dame football, the Miller family. Yes, loyal sons and daughters of Aaron Seven, count them seven, football-playing Millers, five of whom were actually brothers. Some are famous, others are less so, but should be. (laughs) Either way, it was a real treat, so go give it a listen. Now, before we lunge at this episode like it's a blocking dummy, humor me while I thank a few people who just simply need to be thanked. Around here, we call our financial backers the Consensus All-Americans, those who donate to the show and keep the train moving on that Subway alumni line. Believe it or not, it does cost money to do this thing, and so, therefore, I am really, really thankful for these guys. So first up is my friend, my pal, Michael Finan, of Rutherford, New Jersey. As I say, no doubt the longest standing and most ardent supporter of the show. Thank you, Michael. Next up is my pal, again from my part of the state, which is East Central Indiana. That would be Mr. Brad Glazier of Williamsburg. Thanks, Brad. Always, always appreciate the support. And finally, how about one from my very own kinfolk, so to speak. That is Mr. Weston Painter of Fort Wayne, Indiana. Man, I want to thank you all for your support. And if you want to become a consensus All-American yourself, take yourself over to paypal.me slash onward to victory or patreon.com slash onward to victory podcast. You can support the show on either avenue, but no worries. I'll remind you again of those links in show wrap. 
Now, if you're not in the position where you can donate to the show, that is all right. Just simply listening and sharing the episodes, commenting, giving feedback to the show is all immensely helpful too and appreciated. So thank you. Finally, thank you to our 2021 season sponsor. That is WCScreens.com, the gold standard of the screen printing and embroidery industry. So if you have needs in these areas, make sure you visit my pal Tony and the rest of his team at wcscreens.com. I mentioned a moment ago how this episode is going to be a bit of a mold breaker of sorts. What do I mean by that? Well, with the exceptions of the spring preview, season preview, as well as the draft recap episodes, nearly all the show's efforts celebrate the illustrious history and rich lore of the University of Notre Dame and the beloved football program. If you're new here, though this is indeed a Notre Dame football podcast, it is in equal parts a history, research, and storytelling podcast as well. In layperson's terms, I suppose, yes, probably 85% of the show's episodes are dedicated to sharing more about the quote-unquote yesteryear of the program. So today, that changes as the focal point of this episode is a current member of the team. Like many of you, I don't miss Notre Dame football games. And again, perhaps still like many of you, I actively and avidly digest as much Notre Dame news and insights about the current editions of the Irish that I can. Of course, in addition to researching about the history of the program. You know, and I kind of attack both with probably fairly equal intensity, but This show doesn't really focus much on the present, at least not in large part anyway, and that's because there are a lot of folks out there who offer really stellar content on the current editions of The Irish and who have been doing it a heck of a lot longer than I have. And so I guess I kind of stay out of that lane because, well, there's quite a few cars in it, so to speak. A lot of traffic, a lot of competition, whereas in the history portion of the Notre Dame football program, I think I got that one kind of cornered, but... Anyways, I'll get uh, back on topic here. I was watching what proved to be yet another incredibly dramatic game here during the 2021 season. This one was against Virginia Tech in Blacksburg. And Notre Dame is down 29-21 with less than four minutes to play in the fourth quarter. The embattled, beleaguered Jack Cohn is reinserted at quarterback. And the offense suddenly is on the move. With now about two and a half minutes to play, the Irish find themselves second and goal from the four-yard line. So Notre Dame employs kind of a basic spread personnel, but the four receivers, two on each side, are bunched up a little closer to the football. But Cone takes the snap, immediately looks right, and slings the ball out to the slot receiver who is running an underneath route, so to speak. Though the receiver is tackled almost immediately by the safety, the receiver outstretches his hands, holding the football, and he breaks the plane. Touchdown, Irish. The receiver was number three, one of the team captains, Avery Davis. After his touchdown catch, I kind of wondered in my head just how many of the ostensibly millions of people watching the game on the ACC network had a sense of Davis's path to catching that particular football. 
Davis happens to be one of those dudes on the team that I just root extra hard for. Extra hard for. And I'll tell you why. Oh, and the Irish won that game, 32-29, to by the way. But Avery Davis will not go down as one of the most statistically prolific wide receivers in program history. Maybe not even in recent history. But damn it, if he will not go down as one of the most endearing. Davis reminds me of something Knut Rockney once said when he said, quote, The secret is to work less as individuals and more as a team. As a coach, I play not my 11 best, but my best 11, end quote. As far as I'm concerned, you won't find many players as program first or as selfless as Avery Davis. If I may sound even a little soft here for a moment, I actually treasure every time he makes a game-defining play. Yes, I told you he is one of my very favorite guys, but allow me to explain a bit further. Davis was highly recruited out of high school, ultimately garnering 16 offers according to Rivals.com. Other than Notre Dame, Baylor, Houston, Texas Tech, Purdue, and Colorado, among many others, came calling for the Cedar Hill, Texas product. That is uh, greater Dallas for you geography nerds like me. Anyway, they came calling for good reason. ESPN.com had Davis as the 153rd best player of the 2017 class and as the seventh best dual threat quarterback in the entire country. So yes, quarterback. If you weren't already aware, you may be raising an eyebrow already. So he commits to Notre Dame as a junior on March 21st, 2016. His senior season that fall, despite missing two games with an injury, he passed for nearly 3,000 yards and 37 touchdowns. And not for nothing, he piled up a additionally nearly 400 yards on the ground, rushing with six more touchdowns. Needless to say, after such a wildly successful season, the accolades were raining down on him as a prep QB. But even after a prolific senior year, his commitment to Notre Dame never wavered. As a bit of a testament to this, even after he committed to Notre Dame, he was still actively receiving scholarship offers, perhaps most notably including one from Auburn. But you're going to pick up on a strong trend here very soon. He signed his letter of intent in February of 2017, and he enrolled at Notre Dame as a student June of that year. So he spent the entire 2017 season on the scout team, or the players who practice day in and day out, trying to get the active players ready for Saturday's game. So, of course, he got to keep a year of eligibility, and he was one of 10 players on scholarship who were on the scout team. That group actually included future standout linebackers, Jeremiah Usukoromoa, you may have heard of him, and Drew White, as well as offensive lineman Aaron Banks and Josh Lugg. Two of those guys are, of course, still with the program, and two are in the NFL. Anyway, 2018 rolls around, so this is Avery's second year with the program. With quarterbacks Brandon Wimbush, Ian Book, 
and Phil Jerkovec ahead of him on the depth chart, Davis graciously accepted a different assignment in hopes of seeing Notre Dame Stadium's green grass a little sooner, which he did see it a bit sooner, actually, and he saw playing time in nine games as a sophomore. But not where he came to campus to actually play. He saw time primarily as a running back, but he also spent some time at wide receiver that year. His biggest game that season, again 2018, was against Wake Forest, where he rushed for 43 yards on nine carries and caught two passes for 15 yards. For the 12-1 Irish that season, Davis ended up altogether with 70 rush yards and 30 receiving yards. So, Davis went from highly sought-after quarterback, running scout team, to running back, with some wide receivers sprinkled in there as well. So, heading into spring ball in 2019, so this is before Davis's third season with the Irish, so second semester of his sophomore year, if you will, Irish head coach Brian Kelly kind of realized he had a bit of an issue. After the departure of All-American Julian Love to the NFL, the coach realized he was a little lean at cornerback. He knew just whose number to call. Avery is a winner, Kelly said. We recruited him here as a quarterback because of his traits. And looking at his physical numbers, they just jump out at you. Comparing him to the other defensive backs, it just made sense for us to find an opportunity for him. He moves so well, and he has really good football instincts. He's got a real chance. We'll see how it plays out, end quote. Oh, for a quick source, that was from the Chicago Tribune, March 1st, 2019. So the man works out all spring, all summer 2019, as a cornerback, a dramatically, drastically different set of athletic skills than quarterback, running back, and wide receiver, especially at this level of play. And not to mention, absorbing a completely different playbook, completely different schemes between offense and defense, and of course a completely new set of terms as well to learn. And then, in response again to injuries and availability, Davis was moved once again back to wide receiver once the 2019 season started. Can you believe that? When Avery later reflected on his first three years in the program, he said, quote, I would be lying if I sit here and tell you it was sunshine and rainbows the whole time. I definitely went through dog days and days where it was complete confusion. What's going on? Where am I going to be? It was a point where I'm playing in the fall and in the spring in completely different positions. From a comfort aspect, you're really not able to set fast and set your mind on a specific task and grow at it because it's such uneasiness, so much uncertainty. So he continued, Every day was a battle for my first two to three years. Every day was a constant having to reset my mind. It wasn't like I could just get up and go to work. I had something I had to think about. This is probably going to be a tough day especially when I was playing defense. This is going to be a tough day because I am so far behind the threshold of everybody else. Everyone else is improving, and they're here to play the position that they chose to play. 
That was really tough for me. End quote. Man, and that is a whole lot of maturity that I don't think many guys have. I'll speak for myself. I know I know I don't, okay? So 2019 begins, and I am proud to say that I and my wife and my son Grayson saw Avery Davis's first career touchdown in person during a 66 to 14 route of New Mexico. So he actually scored another touchdown during a win over Bowling Green. So for the 2019 season, he still played kind of a reserve role in the wide receiver core, but he did end up with 10 catches for 124 yards and two touchdowns. And then he also added 10 rushing yards on six carries. And I'll be the first to tell you that I am not going to bemoan a player for transferring, even though it may seem to be happening more these days. And if you know me well, you know that I think people complaining about how college kids who are generating hundreds of millions of dollars for their respective universities is super lame. But, (laughs) sorry, but let the kids play where they can maximize their time, find the best fit for them. And I completely understand that things change, particularly when you're 17, 18, 19, and 20 years old. And coaches get to skip town at will, don't they? But that being said, I'm going to go out on a limb and say again, most kids in Avery's spot would have skipped town very early on in this narrative. So why was he being passed from position group to position group? Aside from being a bit of a tweener on size, he stands 5 foot 11, 200-ish pounds, I don't think it was probably much of a secret that Avery Davis just wanted to help the program win however he could. Anyway, let's get serious here. 2020. Avery Davis, now in his fourth year in the program, is finally playing the spot that he was actually actively preparing slash had played the previous season. So this is fantastic news for him. And of course, we don't have to get too deep into how the 2020 season was completely turned on its collective head. As most of you, probably all of you remember, most of the schedule was scrapped and the Irish joined the ACC for the season. Gasp. But with Ian Book under center, Avery Davis was penciled in at slot receiver, starting alongside fellow wideouts Javon McKinley and graduate transfer Ben Skoranek. So as a quick personal note, some of you may remember it. It was back, I believe, in the 2020 spring preview episode. I began calling Avery Davis the quote-unquote golden shovel of the program. Now, the golden shovel is kind of one of those awards that's often given to people in recognition of work ethic, team-first attitude, or etc. It also fits golden shovel because, well, the helmets are gold. But I'll tell you this much. My brothers and I still call him that quite frequently in our group text. But throughout the first five games of the 2020 season... Davis caught 12 passes, which equated to what he caught all season in 2019. So he is making much larger impacts on the offense. And that touchdown that he had was a big one. It was caught in the fourth quarter of the first game of the season against Duke, which essentially put the Blue Devils on ice. But 
his career to that point anyway, climaxed on the largest stage imaginable. And folks, it kind of felt a bit like poetic justice. November 7, 2020, the number one Clemson Tigers against the number four Notre Dame Fighting Irish in South Bend. I know it just happened last season, but this was still probably one of the best games I can remember. It was a back-and-forth affair for the first three quarters. The score was tied at the start of the fourth quarter, and Clemson actually took the lead 33-26 with three minutes left in the ball game. Notre Dame got the ball back, and on first and 10 from their own 43, Book found Avery up the right seam for a monstrous and insanely clutch 53-yard completion. If you were at your home and you were sitting in your couch, that's one that made you leap out of it and pump your fists in the air. But three plays later, Book found his target on a four-yard touchdown pass with but 22 seconds left on the clock. None other than Davis himself. Let's get some sound from that. Actually, let's get some sound from both of the catches. And since getting sued is not on my short list, that sound is courtesy of NBC Sports. So yes, a tie ball game, and watch that play. Again, when you have a chance, Davis is running a fairly simple out route to the right. Book is flushed out of the pocket to the right. Davis actually stops his route and kind of wiggles a bit to the left to break off his defender. Ian threw a dart into the tight space, which fortunately (laughs) Avery held on to. Notre Dame would ultimately win the game in two overtimes, 47-40, to defeat the number one ranked team in the land. And as NBC Sports later pointed out, quote, perhaps the two biggest catches of Notre Dame's pandemic, one to set up the tying touchdown against number one Clemson and the other, the actual tying touchdown, were caught by Avery Davis. So for his efforts against Clemson, four catches for 78 yards and a touchdown, Avery was named honorable mention for the Earl Campbell Tyler Rose Award Player of the Week. And not for nothing, he was named to the awards watch list heading into 2021. What is the Earl Campbell Tyler Rose Award, you may ask? Well, let me read it to you here really quick and you decide whether it's appropriate. (laughs) Quote, the award recognizes the nation's college offensive player of the year who meets the award's criteria and to encourage student athletes to succeed on and off the field while having the drive and the tenacity to persist and overcome adversity in the pursuit of reaching their goals, end quote. Uh, yeah, check please. So Avery finished the 2020 campaign, a 10-2 season for your Irish, with career highs and catches, 24, 
yards, 322, and two touchdowns. For good measure, he added 57 yards rushing on just three carries. I had to dig back to find the quote, but we all know that 2020 was full of adversity. Similar to what happened to Clemson, Notre Dame had to prepare for the possibility that Ian Book and maybe the entire quarterback room may get pinched by the COVID protocols. Irish Sports Daily reported in October 2020 that when Davis was asked if he was ready to play quarterback, you know, if something should go sideways or something, he gave the answer you just knew he would when he said, quote, I haven't taken any reps, but I'm always prepared. That was the position I grew up playing, and I love the position. I'll always be prepared if that were ever to happen, end quote. So after the 2020 season ended, Davis opted for a fifth year so he could pursue a graduate degree. So just to underscore what this guy means to the program, he was voted one of the team captains for the 2021 Fighting Irish this past August. Current Irish offensive coordinator Tommy Reese at a press conference following the announcement of Davis's captainship told the crowd of reporters that he loves, yes, loves, Davis. And, quote, you want to talk about a resilient young man who has never complained once and has done everything this program has asked of him. That kid, whatever he needs the rest of his life, he has an ally. He is an unbelievable young man, end quote. Which, I guess, pretty much brings us to the present. On September 18th, 2021, Avery had his first 100-yard game, hopefully not the last of his career, against Purdue, a day which featured a career-long 62-yard catch. So, should he stay healthy, he looks primed to set career highs in every major receiving category this season. And I'll tell you this much, Irish fans, watching the games is a hell of a lot more fun when you can enjoy and even cherish the time some of these guys spend under those golden helmets. And for me, one of those guys is, without a doubt, Avery Davis. Why? Well, I suppose that would be everything we have discussed for the past 27 minutes. There just aren't a lot of young men, in my opinion, out there like Avery Davis. And I'll be right back. Irish fans. Well, I hope you enjoyed that kind of a deep dive into the career of our current slot receiver and one of our captains of the 2021 squad. That is, of course, none other than Avery Davis. If you couldn't tell already, I just think he's a really special player in the program and really deserves pretty much all of the praise that's coming his way. And there has been quite a bit. But however, I can't help but think when I watch the games on Saturday that 
I want to share every time this guy makes a game-defining or a game-breaking play, I can't help but think maybe not everybody knows just how far this guy has come. So I guess that's what this episode was, and since a, a bit of a commemoration because I do deeply admire and respect Avery Davis. And you know what? Avery actually got into the promotion game for this very episode. If you're on the Facebook page, check out his video message to the listeners here for Onward to Victory, a Notre Dame football podcast. I was able to connect with Avery through the Cameo app. Again, thanks in part to the folks who passed the legislation about the names, image, and likeness uh, for NCAA athletes. So if you're not on the Facebook page, jump over to facebook.com slash Onward to Victory podcast. But in the meantime, here is the message that he wanted to deliver to the Onward to Victory audience right here. What's going on, everybody? Avery Davis here. I play wide receiver at the University of Notre Dame. I just wanted to reach out and ask everybody to tune in to the Onward to Victory podcast. It's a podcast about Notre Dame football, um, which I think is very powerful. I think it's something that um, I'm unaware of, and um, what's even more cool about this ep- uh, this podcast is that this episode is about yours truly. It's about me, and um, if anybody knows anything about me or if you don't know anything about me, I have a pretty interesting story about my times in Notre Dame, so I don't want to give too much of it away. Um, I just need you guys to tune in and hear about it. Um, thank you for all the support. Um, all love. Go Irish. Well, that's my dude right there. That is Avery Davis plugging for the podcast. So how cool is that? Um, I thought it was really cool, a really neat opportunity to connect with Avery, especially because, well, this episode's been about him. So what's coming down the pike here for Onward to Victory? I have in front of me a list of six future episode ideas. Now, one of them I won't release just yet. I'll wait till it's the appropriate time in the year, which I'll explain later. However, I have episodes lined up, or at least in the queue, for the very first Notre Dame game back in 1887. A bit of a game recap for that. How about an episode about Jess Harper, who was the coach right before Rockney. He actually coached Rockney while he was a player, but he was also Notre Dame's first athletic director and just a force in Notre Dame athletics. Well, there's the 1913 Notre Dame Army game where the forward pass was kind of pioneered in a sense. There's going to be an episode about that. How about Clifton Brown, who was a quarterback for the Irish in the 1970s, and he was actually the first black quarterback in program history. That would be kind of a a new addition to the gridiron groundbreakers of the Fighting Irish series. And then finally, I've been getting kind of into pro football uh, pre-1920, I know, sounds exhilarating, right? Well, 1920 was kind of the formal start to the National Football League, the NFL, if you will, of course. But there was a lot of pro football that was played before that. So I've got kind of this episode banging around my head about early Irish pro players because there was quite a few of them. And early professional football was distinctly Midwestern. So if you're from the Midwest or if you live around here, uh, there were franchises everywhere and nearly all of them had former Irish football players. And I think that there's a lot, and I mean a lot, of stories to be told here. So those are all coming down the pike, believe it or not. But 
for today. I will sign off here in a moment, but before I do that, again, reach out if you are curious about how to become a consensus All-American. So again, that super special sect of show listeners who support the program from a monetary standpoint, your current consensus All-Americans include Michael Finan of Rutherford, New Jersey, Brad Glazier of Williamsburg, Indiana, and Weston Painter of Fort Wayne, Indiana. Fellas, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you. And our show sponsor for the 2021 season is in fact the gold standard of the screen printing and embroidery industry. Visit my pal Tony at wcscreens.com. He'll make sure you're taken care of in every way, shape, and form. And with that, I am going to sign off on this episode number 52 all about your favorite 2021 Notre Dame captain and current slot receiver, Avery Davis. This has been Onward to Victory, a Notre Dame football podcast. And in kindness, I am your host, Alex Painter. And as always, go Irish. Go Irish!